Well, hello again, and thank you for tuning in to this podcast. At least I hope it's hello again. Maybe this may be your first podcast you're listening to. If it is, welcome. So glad you're here today. We're going to continue in our conversation uh, that we started in the last podcast about angels. And uh, joining me once again around the microphones are Pastor Nate and Pastor Adam. And uh, we're just going to have kind of some open dialogue and discussion around uh, angels. And uh, I kind of wanted to put a few little caveats out there about this discussion. There's a couple things that that I just kind of want to say. Uh, I don't mind having a discussion about angels because I think there's some questions around it, and this is coming off the heels of a question that we had about angels, and we talked a little bit in the last episode about the fact that they do exist and those types of things. I think part of the question around angels was, uh, we have a redemptive uh, process or an option, and do they? I think that was part of the question. But the caveat that I want to put out there in this is simply this. I don't mind talking about angels when we can learn things about doctrine and theology and what Scripture has to say. But at the end of the day, what is most important and 100% more of our attention <laughs> needs to go to Christ Mm-hmm. and who he is, and I think sometimes Christians can get a little bit bogged down on the side of angels and forget about the fact uh, of who Christ is. And so anyway, don't want to talk about that. Welcome to the microphone, guys. Kind of wanted to put that caveat out there before we, we dove good. in. I didn't want to... I didn't want to uh, I didn't say that before we started recording, so I just kind of want to put that out there, that we have parameters <laughs> on, on what we're talking about today, because so, we... we I would, I would hope all the viewers or listeners at home or in their car or on an airplane would know um, the three types of angels at least, that the ones who follow God are the right angels, the ones who are the little baby cherub looking things are acute angels, and then the ones who didn't follow God anymore are obtuse. Oh, that's angles, right? Yeah. Angles. Yeah. Never mind. Never mind. Angles. Angles. Yeah. You... It's kind of obtuse not to follow God, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we start this this uh, podcast off with a bang. We're heading in a good direction. Dad no. jokes 2.0 is awesome. <laughs> We're just going to merge the two podcasts. <laughs> oh, well, let's jump in because I think you know we've we kind of alluded to in the last podcast that the Bible does tell us about angels, and we we learn about angels in the Old Testament, um, and we learn about you know what they did and some of their roles in in the old testament and then in the new testament it seems to be a little bit kind of uh, uh just unclear about angels we we know that they exist i mean you know an angel showed up to mary and said hey you're about to have a baby and so um, angels showed up in the field with the shepherds there are angels in the outfield i saw that movie Yes. <laughs> Did anybody feed him lunch, or has he had too much sugar? I'm, I'm not sure, sure which one it is. This might be a really long podcast. <laughs> Somebody folks. gave me a bowl of some kind of pudding, whipped cream mixture, and told me I had to finish it. Yes. yes. That happened okay, a little so while you're, ago. You're having sugar overload. We got it. We'll see if we can talk you down from that. It'll be fine. No, we don't. We don't mind a little bit of humor in there. It's all good. So yeah, we're we're talking about angels. I, I have a quick theory that I want to throw out there, and then mm-hmm. you guys can kind of chase this around a little bit. Um, and maybe it's not a theory. Maybe it's a little bit more based on what Scripture actually teaches. But you can help me uh, fold that out. Um, you know, in the in the Old Testament, uh, angels were doing a lot. A messenger of the Lord had come. You know, those types of things that angels were doing. When Jesus hits the scene, um, all attention is on Christ, and it should be. 
uh, all of Scripture is pointing to Christ. And then when Jesus is about to leave, he says, I am leaving, and when I leave, I am sending a helper to you. I'm sending a counselor to you. In other words, he was talking about his Spirit. The Spirit of God was going to be here. Part of mm-hmm. the Trinity is going to be here. And so I just kind of like my theory is, is we don't know as much about the angels in the New Testament because the the centering is on Christ and his spirit, and the angels just kind of help push toward that. What are your thoughts on that? Shoot holes in that little thought. Okay. Um, just just off the top of my head, I, I think I think the Holy Spirit's the the main focus after Jesus leaves. He's the main one working through Christians and so forth, but... We can't, we can't gloss over some important, every milestone, important event in the New Testament, in the Gospels at least, the the announcing of the forerunner of John the Baptist is done by an angel, the announcing of the Messiah being born is done by an angel, and then even after he's born that night, announced to the shepherds by an angel, angels come and minister to him, and when he's tempted by Satan, mm-hmm. yeah. they show up to announce the resurrection to the people at the tomb. And then again, when Jesus ascends, the angels are there to tell them what to go and do. Yeah, like what are you guys gawking at yeah, in the sky there? To reiterate, Jesus <laughs> said, go do something. And they're like, you're still here. What are you doing? They're kind of mm-hmm. like, they come on off to the credits. Like, what are you doing here? An angel helps um, bring back Philip when he goes on a, on a journey um, to reach the Ethiopian eunuch. Uh, so we see some, some places where angels are. And then an angel... Um, is the one communicating to John and showing him the vision for revelation. So we, and I may be missing some, but there's, there seems to be some, Oh, and also brings Peter out of prison in acts. So they seem to still have a pretty active role. We're just not given any of the real new things other than them just being there and talking and being in that messenger sense. We don't get like in Daniel with the, where they're fighting off, fallen angels to come to Daniel and then have to go back and have that battle or where they're surrounding an army as the hosts of heaven. We don't seem to see their warrior like traits. They're just them constantly being the messengers for God and kind of those ministering spirits where they're still here doing something. And then well, you Paul hear, brings you up, hear the, you know, entertaining angels. Yeah. Paul brings that up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you, be careful. There are sometimes you don't even know there's an angel and there's an angel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would see them as kind of having a, a broad story through both, but we do see less of their warlike qualities in the new Testament. I would say like Daniel, you said that in the new Testament, the main, focus is on Christ and I think as Nate said the main kind of driving main kind of person of the of the trinity that we see acting as the spirit mm-hmm. but in what he's doing is pointing to Christ so that's what we see in John 16 we're told the spirit is going to come and what's he going to do um, he's going to be working but Jesus says that he will glorify me uh, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Um, you know, so when the Spirit comes, as given us to it, he's going to continue to be pointing us to Christ. And I think that that is the emphasis that we have uh, in the Scriptures. And kind of like we said last time, there are tools that God uses and kind of to accomplish his, his purposes, angels being one of them. And sometimes we don't get all the answers we want to. There's several of these things that we talked mm-hmm. about, you know, and it's, I don't really know, like we're not given a super clear answer in that. And I think that sometimes... And if you know me well, I'm not one to be like, hey, you know, we just don't need an answer to that. You know, like I want to know the things and I want to think and mm-hmm. I want us to do so. 
But I think there's also times which we have to say that's not necessarily given a direct answer in Scripture, and there's a reason for that. That's not the main emphasis. Well, for sure, all of Scripture, angels are at the the beck and call of God the Father Mm -hmm. and, and following out with His will. So angels aren't something that we can call upon. Correct. And ask to do something I for us. Like, that doesn't mean they won't help us, but... I felt like that was the heart of your question, was are, are we building too... Kind of like when you hear people say there's a demon behind every bush. Like, so every bad thing, they're always like, oh, oh Satan's right there. I'm not right walk there. around my shrubbery now. Yeah, <laughs> and so the, the same thing, there might be an angel behind every rose, you know, like all that the kind of stuff. They were experiencing that in the New Testament, too. Um, Jesus healed a paralytic who's... who's or at least... He may have been from the waist down or whatever, but they, he couldn't walk. A lame man who was beside the pool of Bethesda. And he was basically waiting there because the legend had sprung up that an angel stirred the water once a year and somebody had to let you down into the water. And if you're at the right time and stuff, and Jesus doesn't say, well, I can bring the angel anytime or, you know, you're at the right place, man. Mm-hmm. I hope let's get some friends around here. He just, he heals him and he, he doesn't belittle him for trying to have faith, but it seems like that was a, more of a legend than something that actually well, was happening. In my mind, when I read that particular text, it felt like a little bit more than a legend because the guy actually said, when the water is stirred, people walk into it before I can get in it. So they were obviously seeing the water being stirred somehow. And so, you know, I don't know. That's that's mm-hmm. what I lean to. But I wasn't a local prankster. <laughs> that's true. Some <laughs> some teenager kind of. <laughs> he but it, it could have funny. been. I mean, it could have been. If so, that's the only place we have in the canonized scripture where angels are healing anybody, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or they're at least apocryphal set, setting up the environment for the healing to take place. Apocryphal texts have Raphael as some kind of archangel who heals people. But last, I thought he was just the red mask ninja turtle. I'm not trying to offend my Catholic friends. I'm just really like Ninja Turtles. Yeah. And for those unaware, I'm not sure we want to chase this. Do we need to give a definition of what Nate means by canon and apocryphal text? Yeah, probably because can, there'll be those. I think it's good for us to do that. Let's they might have heard yeah. the word apocryphal, but they yeah. don't know what that yeah, means. Yeah, the apocryphal books are books that have never been considered um, inspired at the level that the God-breathed texts are that all of christendom has agreed on the 66 books yeah, that make even, the canon yeah even in the catholic church where they have the apocryphal books they still call them apocryphal books they mm-hmm. that there's some less inspiration to them even in their mind but they've never been included all the way across the board when different councils have gotten together and said hey these we see these as scripture based on their inerrancy and so forth and so you have these books mostly written between the inspiration of malachi and the book of Mark being written in the New Testament, and because that was written before Matthew, and Mark and Malachi sync up together with this story about uh, uh, John the Baptist. So you can tell that one picks up where the other one ends. The other ones, some are really great history books, some are fanciful. They've got a lot of kind of fable qualities to them. Jesus said, beware Jewish fables, like don't hold these as scripture. Um, so we think that that's a lot of what they are. So there's some, so the, so there's some writings and material around that same time that's out there that might right. kind of give a little bit of evidence that there's more to it. But apparently, when God was leading for the canon, mm-hmm. the Bible as we know it to be put together, it wasn't so important for us to know, mm-hmm. or especially a hundred percent, what the angels do. Yeah. But one thing that hits me as funny that is, might be a great podcast sometimes. Like, how do, yeah. how do we receive the books that we have? How do we know that those are from? I, those are the right ones from God. I do have another uh, 
podcast in mind about that and, and around devotions that'll be coming mm. up soon. Sweet. I want us to talk about how to choose a good devotion book. But anyway, um, I was thinking about Hebrews 13, uh, 5 through 6. It says, uh, keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have, for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear, what can man do to me? And that whole part in there of the Lord is my helper is where I've had discussions with people before who fully believe that angels are active in their lives every single day, and they're saying, Mm -hmm. the Lord is my helper, but he's using angels to be my helper, and I always kind of retort, the Lord is your helper. It doesn't say the <laughs> angels are your helper. It says the Lord is your helper. And so that's a kind of a unique discussion to have back and forth depending on where you're leaning in that. And that's why I kind of caveated. Is that a word? Caveated? Caveated this at the beginning that Gave our focus has to be on yeah. Christ. So if I'm going to err in a certain direction, which I don't think is an error, but if I'm going to lean, let me put it mm-hmm. in a certain direction, it's going to be toward Christ. So if, if, yeah. a, if, if a waiter brought me a really amazing steak... I might tell the waiter that it was a really good steak, but ultimately I'm not going to ask him how he did it and what secrets he uses because he's not the guy providing. And so it's kind of the same thing. If God chooses to use an angel and we're unaware of it, or we are, we think we're aware of it or whatever, it's still God's power that is at work and not the angel's power. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why and I God's said earlier that sovereignty angels are at the beck and happen. call Correct. of God's yeah. will yeah. And, and what he wants. Yeah, and I think there's just some things that, like you're saying, because what the focus is on Scripture is God's plan of redemption for his people. Mm-hmm. And so there are going to be times in which that angels or fallen angels, um, you know, demons, are going to be a part of that, even Genesis 3. You know, um, we see a serpent talking that in Revelation we're told that this is the deceiver, this is Satan here. Um, you know, you got Genesis 1 and 2, you got creation, Genesis 3 starts, and there's just this serpent there all of a sudden. And I was like, how do you get there? You know, where'd that come from? Like, we're mm-hmm. given nothing on that um, because that's not the focus here. The focus is on that there was someone who was going to tempt Adam and Eve to doubt the goodness of God, to doubt his the truth that he had told him, the promises he had made to him. They're doubting God's faithfulness, and that that's where we see sin introduced. So um, where in, terms in, of where in history then is is there scriptural evidence that shows in history? Because you use that word redemption, and mm-hmm. I want to lean into that in just a moment because yeah. I think that was part of the question about angels: do they have an option for redemption? But where in our history? Do the angels fall? The ones who are following Lucifer, mm-hmm. where do they fall? Do they fall before the earth was created? After the earth was created? I, I mean, most of the most of the texts that people used to come up with the number of angels that they think fell, the one third of angels was um, one of them is from Revelation, and I looked and saw, and a third of the stars were swept down, and so that's kind of one of those. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. It's this future text of something happening that people are attributing to the past hmm. um, in a very allegorical text. So, like, when people ask me, "Is it a third of angels that are demons now?" I was like, I, "I don't, I don't know that. I think that's that's a nice theory on it, but there's not a lot of specific. We don't get specifics on their origins. We don't get specifics on their fall, except that they did fall, and we see Satan's sin for falling, wanting to be like the Most High." wanting to be on the throne of God, wanting to ascend to the heavens. He wants God's job, and that's just not doable. And so God said, you fired. But he was, he was, he was yeah. done. So, and, can, so Satan fell, 
mm-hmm. took angels with him. Correct. That's kind of what Scripture supports. Can, I guess we'll call them the good and bad, mm-hmm. uh, the good angels that are there mm-hmm. now. Can can Satan recruit from the good angels today in 2022? I mean, is that something that can happen? And if, How many times the guy got to lose before people are like, yeah, I don't want to be on your team? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. Is there kind of a, kind of like the... um perseverance of the saints argument eternal Mm -hmm. security is there something keeping the angels now who observe the fall observe the fate understand and seeing jesus just win at every turn and see what satan is doing to the human population do do they now are they just ironclad they can't fall or is there a penalty if they fall would we even be told if one fell i think I'm going to answer my own question. Yeah. Go ahead. From my own thought process. But you guys can shoot holes in it. I'm, yeah. I'm fine with that. That's what this is about. It's a kind of a, just a discussion. When Jesus was hanging on the cross mm-hmm. and he said, it is finished, I think he was speaking in spiritual terms. Obviously, he was speaking in the physical term too, but I believe it was sealed at that moment. There was no more anything that could change. It was It was finished. So... I'm answering my question by by saying that I'm saying I don't think well, any more an aspect of, and it can have multiple meanings. I mean, there's things that are now not yet in scripture and so forth, but one primary aspect when he says that it's finished and the veil rips is that we no longer have to go through and try to stumble our way through the law to try to gain mm-hmm. access to God, that there is access to everybody who wants it now. And that, that we are now, that system is complete. He is not, abolished the law, but he's fulfilled the law. Um, but as it, if it's also referring to the angels, could they fall all the way through the Old Testament up until the resurrection? Yeah, I don't, nothing uh, or, Nothing says one way or the other in that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is, is a lot of it finished where he's like, oh, sides, the sides have been drawn? And then from, you know, even hearkening back to our election podcast, from an Arminian perspective, if that's the case, is the fate of humanity sealed at that point too, of who's going to, who's going to fall, follow him and who's not in a Calvinist mind that wouldn't be an issue. Cause he'd be like, that was sealed way back. Um, right, so there's, right. there could be multiple layers to the, it is finished though. Like you're saying, mm-hmm. um, I think all we don't see that happen again, just a part of God's redemptive plan and purposes, what he was going to do for whatever reason. I think that, the role of Satan and fallen and demons, fallen angels was going to be a part of that as a part of the overall plan to how redemption would be accomplished. But, you know, in terms of when you said where they, where they come from, you know, some of the things we're talking about a few months ago before we started here was what one of the things we need to do is just think about our categories in terms of kind of our theology is where they come from. Have they always been there? Um, the first answer has to be no, they haven't always been there uh, because God is the only uncreated being. Uh, that is a distinction between God and everything else. He is creator. We are created. I am that um, I am. Yeah. So Self-existent. He, one yep, of our yep. do, Part of our doctrine of God is that he is eternal, always has been, always will be. Um, you know, even when we talk about that we have eternal life in Christ, we have unending life for eternity, like going on, but we don't have life eternity backwards, if that makes sense. Right. But God does. Um, and so angels so don't. So it's, it's that kind of point that makes me okay with talking about angels yeah. because it brings that kind of doctrine out yeah. that says this is what we stand yeah. on. 
And that's good reasoning. That's yeah. good, not only good reasoning, that's truth. That's leaning and into We don't God's have to word. get their, their creation account for them to have been created beings. Yeah. Right. Without yeah. him, there is nothing made that was made. Mm-hmm. Right. And if he's the only one referred to as Yahweh and self-existent, then they are, and they're never, in the Hebrew, they're not Yahweh. They are, a, they are spiritual beings that are not self-existent. They have to exist on someone else's um, power. Mm-hmm. They had to, to have arisen that way. And so if everything that we see, feel, touch, can't see, feel, and touch, everything that exists, exists through the hand of Jesus Christ, um, because he made that along with the Father and the Holy Spirit, then they have to be among that group. I, that truth right there is something that my parents taught me when I was a little kid, <clears throat> when I learned to be scared of the mm-hmm. dark. Mm-hmm. And I was, I don't know if I was learning about the boogeyman or whatever you wanted to call it and everything, but I was just terrified. I just remember being scared. I, I you know, scared of what was under my bed, scared of what was in my closet, just kind of scared all the time. And my dad was asking me, you know, what's going on there? Why are you scared? So well, I'm learning about Satan. Don't want him to, you know, mess with me. Mm-hmm. And my dad pointed out, he said, you got to remember something about Satan. Um, he was created. Mm-hmm. And who was he created by? God. I thought he was going to say, you know, Satan's around in the daytime too, Daniel. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he said, I have the phone number to Satan <laughs> and can call him anytime. So be a good little boy. No, it was, um, it, 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 it helped me understand that God was the creator mm-hmm. and there was nothing above him. It put him at the pinnacle for me, and it helped settle me down a little bit, mm-hmm. that I knew that I, you know, I don't have to try to fight Satan. I'll just talk to the one that created him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. So that's, that's kind of cool. So we, we, I'd say we're going to circle back around to the redemption thing mm-hmm. now. So we talked about could angels fall, those types of things. We kind of talked a little bit around that. Everybody's listening, saying, you never answered it. Well, that's because there's no, <laughs> there's no well, real they, answer. Well, they, can, answer they can fall. We'll say yes to that one. They can fall. Yes. Can they do be I redeemed and why should do they? Do I think they're going to fall from this point on? My gut answer is no. Yeah, probably not. I would say probably not. And would we even be told if they were? Would it would it yeah. matter if there was there were, you know, twelve thousand fallen angels and today there's twelve thousand and two? Frank and John just joined the party. Like we don't why would that be important to I us? Those names, Frank and John. And I, I don't and know. I think the other question just we asked is where 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 did they come from? I think the definitive answer we can have is they were created at a point in time, and I would have to say it's got to be before Genesis three and by God. Yeah, and that's the only yeah created yeah. by God before Genesis. And they 3. fell before Genesis three. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's all I got. So for sure. yeah, and that's yeah. that's all we can hold on to. But that does bring me back around to what we're say we're going to talk about mainly in this podcast, and and we don't have to spend a whole lot of time on this. And we know at least wait, hold on, let's, let's preface this because somebody <laughs> might be like, aha, aha. We know for a fact that Satan fell before Genesis three. Yeah, that's he, what he was did saying. Did he deceive everybody else around yeah. Genesis 5 and the angelic army? We don't know. Most likely they all fell at the same yeah, time. I think they probably all went yeah. with him at the same time. Especially Who's with me? Let's We're walking out. Yeah. So we as humans have a redemption to come and have communion with God. Uh, the fallen angels, do they? And if they don't, why not? What's the difference between us and the angels well, there's there's several um, relationship wise. We we seem to be created um, for relationship in a way that they're not. Uh, Jesus, when he was questioned about who would be married in heaven if he had, you know, 
multiple people were married and you know they their spouse died then they married somebody else and their spouse died like who are they gonna be married to in heaven and he said don't you know that um that we are not we're we're like the angels in heaven neither marrying or giving in marriage and so one aspect that we're going to be like them one day that we're not now is that we won't have the same type of relationship with other beings like ourselves. We won't be in a marital relationship because um, the body of Christ will be married to God in a sense. Like there's that that's the ongoing intimate relationship in heaven. And the angels don't just not have that now. They've never had that. They've never been in that type of relationship because they weren't created for relationship. They were created for specific tasks. Mm -hmm. And so it seems like they're less of a relational being than we are. Yes, they have free will. Yes, they can rationalize and think, or they wouldn't have fell in the first place, some of them. But um, we're not told that they're in the image of God. There's all kinds of different reasons why they, he may not have a redemption plan for them. And see, and it, it, it's hard to wrap our mind around him creating a relational being or not a relational being, but a, a, a being with free will and that can rationalize that he doesn't create a redemption plan for. But we got to remember too, we don't see a way out of a relationship with God in eternity either in scripture for humans, that there's this point when we're before God, that we're completely and utterly without excuse to continue in a relationship with him. And we don't see any future prophecies about some Christians in heaven who are like, you know what, let's go do something else. We were wrong. We don't like this. Uh, we don't see that. And so they were already in the presence of God and fell from that. It seems like there would be no more redemption at that point, just like there would be no more fall at that point for, for us. We've already had our fallen moment and chosen this side and the spirit keeps us. They already had their moment before God the Father and chose to leave that. And so why would there be a path back? They could never go back on faith. And you cannot be justified without faith. That's how the grace is given in our response to it. They can never do that on on true faith like we can because they know it and see. You know, they they've already seen it. So it wouldn't be acting on faith in any in any aspect of the word that that humans respond to. I think also as you look through what scripture says about humanity and about angels, there's just completely different language used to describe each, mm -hmm. right? So yeah. we talked last week about what do angels do? They proclaim truth of God. They are they minister on behalf of God. They are kind of hosts or armies, we some of that language. But what's the language we see around humanity? Created in the image of God. Um, once we've come to faith that we are sons and daughters, we are adopted, you know, um, we are the bridegroom of Christ. You know, we see, it's like you're talking about completely different. Just the bride of Christ. He's the yeah, bridegroom. Yeah, sorry, bride, bride of Christ. Um, not, yeah, bridegroom. He is the bridegroom. We're the bride of Christ. Thank you for catching that one. Um, but, you know, but completely different relational language. Adam's teaching a new gospel. Yeah, we don't want to do that. Um, you know, so we want to... So I think those images are very different from you know, the angels are being used essentially to be a part of the work of us coming to faith, to bring us into relationship with God, essentially being used for a, a task or a tool in um, what God is doing. So I think that just the language used is completely different. So I think it would be right to say that there's differences in how that's going to be approached. Mm -hmm. in, in, a, in a few weeks, we're going to be, one of the messages is going to be circling back around to Mark 3, where it's talking about the unpardonable sin and what's coming out of that, and the whole talk that Jesus has about 
um, the Satan and his influence, and and that kind of goes along with that. But the the crux of the unpardonable sin, I'm kind of going to give it away. So spoiler <laughs> alert coming here is the denying of who Christ is. It's it's uh, the blasphemy in the spirit is because the spirit gave testimony to who Jesus was to everyone, mm-hmm. and people um, were calling the Holy Spirit a liar. And I think the fallen... Attributing that to Satan. Exactly. And I think the fallen part for the angels above had to have encompassed with that a denying of who Jesus was or that he was even going to, uh, you know, be something that was significant in the Trinity. This is huge, because even even that, when we look back into the unpardonable sin later, um, that aspect of attributing... Look back at the unpardonable sin later. (laughs) That was a... Funny oxymoron. Oh, yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about. So <laughs> I the, knew where you were going. The, uh, <laughs> that Satan, that Satan, um, like attributing the works of Satan to Jesus in a sense, it kind of shows us a little bit more about um, about who Satan is in that aspect, even because I've had students ask me uh, that have really looked in depth to it. Like they're like, "Hey, in the in the Old Testament and Jews today." still believe that Satan was actually um, an actual angel, not a fallen angel, but that that it tests us for God's purposes, that God, God does that, and he's secretly rooting for Job, even though he's trying to get Job, seems like he's getting him to fall, and that Christians just added all this stuff in the New Testament. That's what the Jewish faith believes about it. But here Jesus is is saying, no, he's not working for me. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you, if you convince, if you, confuse what he's doing with something that I would ever authorize, you got it backwards. Yeah, and that's why he told the demons to keep their mouth shut. Yeah, that's a huge apologetic. When the demons would say, oh, what do you got to do with us, son of, you know, God, and and he would say, shut up, stop talking. Which is one of the things I think is really important, you know, because as we talk about angels, you know, for some are going to go to the opposite side in terms of, you know, Satan and demons and how they're working. And, um, but I think that as I was reading about that, I think that's one of the things that's really important for us is that God is ultimately in control over them at all times. There's mm-hmm. never a time where it's like, hey, are they going to best God and his purposes? Yeah, God no. never says, huh, didn't see that coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or man, you know, like that was close. Like we won, but barely kind of thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, so right. um, even I was looking at, there's a passage in Second Corinthians. In overtime! <laughs> <laughs> where it talks about the, the God of this world has binded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of... Uh, the gospel of the glory of Christ, and then later, so I'm not proclaiming him, but then verse 6, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shown uh, in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So you see these two things. Satan's binding, and he's trying to keep it out, but ultimately, two verses later, God overcomes that, and he, mm. uh, he, we see them believe and understand the light of the glory of God, the the glory of Christ in the gospel, because God, He will win out every time. So, and, and I think that's an important part for us to know. Even though we don't know everything, we don't right. need to have this fear that there's going to be this enemy who's ultimately going to mm-hmm. beat God and and what's happening. Yeah. Here. You know what I'm like, Any more than yeah. you have to fear after you make something out of Plato that later it's going to take you down. <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, yeah, the creator yeah. is always better than the creation, and you didn't even create the Plato; you just yeah. molded it. Yeah, 
He's so much yeah. better than that. Yeah, because I think, yeah, maybe more powerful than us, maybe, you know, like we talk about that, but more powerful than God who has saved us and keeping us? Absolutely not. Right, but greater is he that is in us than yeah. he that is in the world. Yeah. It doesn't make us more powerful, yeah. but it does mean that, hey, you might not want to mess with me. Yeah. I have a friend. <laughs> so there's a question that uh, a student asked me this past week that um, I'd never been asked before. And I don't think that's happened in a while. There's always, there's probably a lot of questions I haven't been asked, but usually it's, it's a long time between them. And yeah. we were having this conversation uh, similar to what we're having here with a bunch of seniors in high school. And um, one of the, one of the seniors uh, said to me um, at, right after we talked about the demoniac having the demons cast into the pigs. And we talked about, we had talked about, Satan, according to Revelation, is the one who had um, been inside the snake. And we were talking about some of the things that they're allowed to do, not allowed to do. And he's like, so it seems like demons can possess not just people, but animals. I said, yeah, we have these two instances. Can angels who are not fallen go into an animal if they were trying to get us a message if a dog was barking and warning us or something could that be an angel possessing him i was like you know what no one has ever asked me that question before i'm gonna say no without any scriptural support simply because they have left their former estate they are doing things that they're not called to do and they're being punished for it every time jesus finds one of them in somebody he casts it out so it's not like they they have permission to do they what they're they in want. the wrong place. Yeah. And then the mm-hmm. other the other part, then I'd said I wasn't gonna answer it from scripture, but now I see that an angel could have, if that was the case, could have possessed Balaam's donkey to keep Balaam from cursing Israel. But an angel just stood in front of the donkey to prevent them from going that way and was prepared to strike Balaam down. And so we don't see angels acting out of character from what God has created them to do. Mm-hmm and being those ministering spirits of God. Yeah. But that was a, that was a weird one on me. I don't know if you've ever been asked if I don't know if I've angels ever been like asked to about that. I thought things. you were getting ready to go down the path of saying cuz my my cat is so loving and cute. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with that. I will say though, anyone eating heavenly ham, you got to know the only one ever to possess ham was demons. So, is that <laughs> heavenly ham or hellish ham? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they tried to redeem. I'm not it. trying to hurt Speaking their business. Speaking of redemption, but... maybe they tried to redeem the <laughs> that or something. I don't know. Not trying to hurt their business or anything. It's just something I think about. Yeah, I mean, it's it's good discussion. I think you can go to Hebrews uh, 13, and you can kind of get a good reference to the existence of angels in our in our day. And uh, I'm just going to read from there and kind of go down through. For, I already referenced to 5 and 6, but I'm going to read through that again. It says, Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Remember, those who are in prison as though in prison with them, and those who are mistreated, since you are also in the body. Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let marriage uh, bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Keep your life free from love of money, and be content with what you have, for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear, what can man do to me? I just think that's a strong talk, if you're going to talk about angels, to pull that whole context Mm -hmm. out Mm -hmm. there to say that, yes, they're present, they're there, but at the end of the day, the the talk is about the Lord. 
yeah. and Christ, and 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 He's the center of our universe. And Colossians mm-hmm. kind of talks to that too when it speaks of the origin of angels without telling us how it happened or when it happened. Uh, it says, "For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth." visible and invisible. Then it says whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, these are common language used for the spiritual beings of angels and demons. All things have been created through him and for him. So it's not like he's just creating them so that they can accomplish these great things. It's they, they only exist for God, just like everything else for his glory and that they've chosen the wrong things um, has only detracted from who they could be, um, who they could be, and who they were created to be, mm-hmm. but they they only exist through him and for him. And that's Colossians one sixteen. Right? What did I say? You just said Colossians. Oh, one sixteen, correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, thanks for jumping around the microphone again to talk a little bit this some more. If you're listening to this and more questions have popped up in your mind, by all means. Um, email us. Uh, our email address is our first name with a period in between that and our last name. So it's Daniel.Die or Nate.Garrett or Adam.Moore at PeninsulaBaptist.com. Um, shoot us a question if you have questions. We love talking about Scripture. Um, be assured that we will answer, try to answer the question as best we can. If we don't know the answer, we will try to look it up for you, and then that answer will ultimately circle you back around to your walk with the Lord because that's what it's that's what it's all about. Now, I laid some other podcasts that we're probably going to do in the future. Would you two mind joining me around the microphone again to talk about some of the things like how to choose a devotion, um, I've got a feeling we're going to have to have a podcast around uh, blaspheming the Spirit, too, because yeah. I want to hear you guys' take on that. I especially want to hear your take on it after I speak on it. Um, and so you can shoot holes in my message <laughs> and say, you should have said this, or you should have said that, or you left this part out, or you should have never said that. <laughs> <laughs> but it'd be good. But thanks for joining um, here today and talking through this. We don't have a lot of those conversations, by the way. We're all pretty much on the same page. Oh, yes. With absolutely. The I sermons. like saying that, though, yeah. because I know that you guys are listening when we're up there and you we talk about the messages before and after. Mm-hmm. That they're, that they're and most weeks we do have a conversation about the message, though. Yes, we do. It's like, hey, hey, explain this to me, what you were talking about. And usually it just leads to deeper study for all of us. So. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then I learn more and more. A lot of what, I'll be honest with you guys, a lot of what comes out on the, on the message on Sunday is, is a pretty recent learn for me, especially with the book of Mark, because mm-hmm. book of Mark was always one that I just kind of, ah, I think I'll read Matthew. Or, oh, I think I'll read John. <laughs> I mean, for the longest time, I told people when they were just a new believers, ah, oh, go read the book of John. That's a great book to start yeah. with. Go read the book of John. And and it like, is. I would mm-hmm. still say that. Now you're like, Mark marks the spot. That's, that's where right. you start. Don't miss the mark. <laughs> <laughs> but do miss the mark of the beast. That's right. Okay, another podcast. All right. We better, <laughs> we better end this one before it goes down a path. So I'd uh, say, yeah, yeah, when we have those conversations each week, I'm like, man, if I understood what you meant by the first point, I probably would have listened to the rest of the sermon. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's not true. This is one of those podcasts like The Lord of the Rings. It had about six endings, you know. <laughs> I was getting ready to close it out and saying thank you for joining us here, and then we talked again. People's already probably... There's we've probably tried to throw the they're not ring, listening anymore. <laughs> we've tried to throw the ring in the fire of Mount Doom five times now. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Again, thank you guys for joining us, and thank you, listener, for listening in. We hope you have an incredibly blessed day.